Hello, my name is Ward Strasser. I'm with the Healthcare Executives Network, and I'm with Dr. Pate from St. Luke's Health Systems today. How are you, Dr. Pate? Wonderful, thank you. Perfect. Um, we're here just to have a conversation, talk a little bit about some topics, and we have some questions, and we're hoping to go through those. Um, we'll probably be about 30 minutes, and um, please, you know, any any additional information associated with the topics, feel free to, to go on. So, um, Perfect. So, so unlike uh, many hospital executives, you put yourself out there and been a leader in, of social media. What is your motivation for this? Well, it's an interesting uh, situation, and it's really evolved over time. At the time I first was getting involved with this, I guess a little over two years now, um, what my uh, challenge was in leading this health system, which is very significantly geographically distributed, uh, it's about 300 miles um, from one end of our health system to the other, uh, and uh, we span a couple of states. And my challenge was, especially at a time of great change when the need for communication only increases, how do I get the word to all of our employees and our physicians? I had been uh, doing forums where I would travel around the health system, and it would take two to three weeks to travel to all the uh, entities around our health system and put on uh, basically a, a conference, a, 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 a explanation and update of what was going on with our health system. Uh, but even with doing that, uh, we figured I was probably only reaching uh, about 15% of our employees and physicians. And so I figured there's got to be another way for me to reach out. So uh, that was uh, actually the time that I started uh, writing a blog uh, and doing weekly uh, material for the blog that would chronicle our journey to accountable care and help to connect the dots uh, for employees and physicians about what we're doing and why uh, to help uh, through this transition. Uh, and uh, then in uh, association with that, um, I'd actually uh, not used Twitter or anything uh, like that before, and I decided, you know, Twitter could be very effective in helping me uh, spread uh, the word of what we're doing and, and spread my blog. Um, and so I started tweeting uh, and realizing that that was a way to reach a whole nother uh, segment of, of people. So it, it's been very good for communication and very good for um, outreach. What the things I didn't realize at the time that I started up the blog uh, of how powerful that could be was uh, things I found out once it was well underway. And having the blog... Uh, has actually given us a way to tell our own story and to be a source of news for stakeholders that care about what's going on here. So it's been very, very powerful in that regard. Uh, and then the other surprise that I had uh, is about a year into it, I started hearing from our recruiters who told me that 
actually the blog has been a huge recruitment tool and hmm. that many physicians and other leaders that have looked at coming to work for St. Luke's have read through my blog and that has influenced their decision uh, to come and work at St. Luke's. In fact, I remember uh, getting an email from one of our uh, mid-level managers who uh, wrote uh, me an email saying, uh, Dr. Pate, I just want you to know that uh, reading your blog was the reason I decided to come and work at St. Luke's because uh, there are people out there that really want to be part of a transformation. It's not for everybody, uh, but there's some that are really looking for that and they want to be leading, not following. And mm -hmm. so it's been a really... A tremendous tool. It's uh, a lot of work, and I would say that uh, for others uh, thinking about uh, doing a blog, uh, it is a wonderful way to communicate. But it is it requires a consistent uh, dedication to putting new and fresh information out on a very regular basis. That explains so so clearly. It attributed to the. You know the the large network as far as nine hospitals, and I think I heard ten thousand employees. Is that right? Well, we're up to twelve thousand. Wow. Sure. A lot of recruitment there. Yes. That's, that's, well, that's, that's and fantastic. we're we're rapidly growing, and and when you're growing, you have a lot of new people, and when you're going through the environment that we're all going through today of just uh, constant change in the healthcare environment and lots of uncertainty. And frankly, just a lot of, of not fully understanding what's going on, the, these communication tools are just all the more important. You know, with communication tools, things like taglines, which I absolutely love, the, uh, the teamwork to transform healthcare, what yeah. made you choose that exactly? Well, you know, it was interesting. Uh, when I was still in Houston, uh, I had. Uh, uh, accepted the job here but had not yet moved here and I started looking at publicly available quality uh, data about the various hospitals in this system up here and as I did I noticed a great deal of intra and inter hospital variation in our quality results and um, in Houston I had had experience with implementing lean and lean, the benefit of it to me is empowering frontline staff uh, to build quality into our processes and to eliminate irrational variation. And frankly, I think one of the largest opportunities uh, to reduce healthcare costs is to reduce that irrational variation uh, that occurs in healthcare. So when I came here to this St. Luke's, I said, I want to implement lean, but we need to make it our own. It needs to become St. Luke's operating system, and it needs to be something that we embed into our standard operating processes. So we decided, let's brand it, and we branded it Teamwork, and uh, that stands for Timely, uh, Efficient, Accountable, and uh, metrics, that we're going to uh, do our work uh, by actually measuring uh, outcomes. There's so much that goes on in healthcare that we dabble in, and yet we have no metrics to really uh, measure the success or failure of what we're doing. 
So that was a key uh, point in it. So we branded it uh, Teamwork, and at the same time, I began messaging to the organization the necessity for us to transform. And that's very scary to people, uh, but, but when you, you talk about it and you give them a reason why, and they can understand why change needs to happen, then it goes uh, much easier. And when I talked about this opportunity to engage frontline staff, uh, with teamwork and to actually make their work better and, and easier for them, uh, we got a lot of support and so that's why we went with teamwork and it really is to drive out that irrational variation and help us lower costs. Hmm. Excellent, excellent. You know, so you know, being in a position, you are CEO, president, this organization, you're covering communication, vision, uh, branding. What other biggest challenges do you face in well, I, leadership? Yeah, there's a, a no shortage of challenges. That's <laughs> sure. sure. <laughs> uh, if if I had to name two, I think that I would say that the first um, uh, pressing uh, challenge is to really transform um, our health system from being a hospital system to being a real integrated delivery system. And, you know, just to uh, evidence that, uh, you know, at today, more than 50% of our business is conducted in the ambulatory uh, side of the business, not inpatient side. And so it's trying to create a new way of thinking so that we don't, analyze all of our problems from the viewpoint of hospitals. We really have to look at that full continuum of care and particularly the care that we provide in physician offices and ambulatory settings. So I'd, I'd say that's one big challenge. Sure. Uh, the second big challenge is this whole phenomenon of moving from fee-for-service or pay-for-volume to pay-for-value. And how are we going to do that when our whole model has been built around uh, generating revenues by everything that we do? And now how are we going to transition to really providing value and getting paid in a whole different way? And I think that's a, a very huge challenge for our uh, our industry, I think we're going to get through it, and successfully so, but I do fear that there are some organizations that are is just going to be too big of a transition, and I'm afraid they're going to be uh, unsuccessful in making that transition. Hmm. I understand. It's, it's big business change, uh, fee-for-service, overall value. Is there still time for the physicians calling for the compassion that's associated with that? You know, it's a, it's a really great point. Um, uh, I, I do worry about the frustration levels of uh, physicians and non-physicians. I mean, there's a lot of people uh, very frustrated with all the change. Uh, they don't like to change. They don't want things to change. Um, and there's a lot of burnout. Um, but my view is very optimistic. Uh, and from my 
physician hat. Um, you know, I practiced in a fee-for-service environment uh, as a primary care physician where whether I paid the bills or not depended on how many patients I could see in one day. I don't know of any physician that finds that rewarding. When I talk to physicians, and myself included, uh, what we like to do is spend time with our patients. We really do want to be able to talk to them and answer their questions and explain things and teach them. The problem is the fee-for-service system harshly punishes you for doing that. Uh, but yet it's the right thing, and I think that creates more conflict for healthcare providers, this pressure between doing what you have to do to pay the bills versus no, what you w really want to do to take the best care of your patients. And, and my belief is that when we fully transition to a pay-for-value system where I am paid for not for each service I provide, but by, for example, the size of the panel that I'm able to manage and get certain outcomes, now I will embrace team-based care. I'm happy to work with a, 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 a PA or a nurse practitioner because they're not hurting my individual productivity under a fee-for-service system. They are now actually improving my productivity in managing a panel of patients, and I can do those things that really need a physician service. You know, the, the truth of the matter is, in my practice, I didn't need to see every sore throat and every cold and every scrape and, and so forth. Uh, and so by using a team, I could actually free up some availability and time, spend more time with my chronically ill patients and my complex patients, and actually, I think, at the end of the day, feel much more gratified that I'm not just putting out fires, but I'm actually contributing to improving people's health. So I, I actually feel optimistic and think this is only going to get better. Well, perfect. Good. Um, you know, this, the next subject that I'd like to bring up, Dr. Pate, is um, a subject I know that maybe you cannot fully comment on. It's um, the Seltzer Medical Group. And uh, I know there's a lot of press around it. It's, it was strategic. Um, just wanted to ask as far as benefits that came out of the experience and uh, legislation surrounding that whole thing? You know, uh, surprisingly, I've been interviewed many times about this subject <laughs> for, for national and local press, and no one's ever asked me that question, and it's a profoundly good question. Um, you know, uh, while no one in their right mind would ever want to go through what we've just gone through, uh, in this lawsuit uh, by our competitor and the government. Um, you know, there have been good things that have come out of this. And, and the first thing is, uh, I remember talking to my team in the first year after I got here. And as we were setting our vision, and I really wanted to uh, get the team on board about, you know, it's not going to be enough to just evolve. We really have to transform our organization and we have to be about fixing what's wrong with healthcare. But I warned them. I said that 
if we are truly doing something meaningful and impactful and transformational, the others in our industry are not going to be happy. And, and there will be pressure and there will be some kind of a price to pay. Now, I never imagined that that price was going to be uh, getting through, dra dragged through all this litigation. But in a way, is confirmation that what we're doing is, in fact, uh, meaningful and impactful because what I told them is if we're not creating any competitive threat, then it, no one's going to care. Uh, so this is uh, one good thing. I think another good thing that came out of this is, though I had been com uh, committed to communication uh, during the uh, time that I mentioned to you about starting the blog and everything, but during the time of this um, litigation, I really ramped up the communication. In fact, we went from uh, posting a blog piece once a week to doing it twice a week. And we really focused on telling our story, telling what are the things that we're doing, and, and helping people understand what we're trying to achieve and what we're doing to achieve it, and that it's not just all talk. So the second benefit was it really helped us uh, enhance our communication. What that translated into, uh, because after the verdict, we did a survey of a large number of residents in our communities. And what we saw compared to a survey done before any of this had become public is that it actually increased the awareness about St. Luke's and what we are doing and it actually slightly improved our preference. We had always been recognized in the market as the preferred provider, but it actually improved. It didn't get hurt as some might suspect it might. Uh, another thing that was good out of this was, uh, you know, a large reason for us sticking with this and fighting it and not just caving in and saying, well, you know, gosh, uh, with the medical group, let's go our separate ways. None of us wants to go through this. I think this really demonstrated our loyalty uh, to the physicians and our commitment to uh, what we had agreed to do. And in, in turn, it has engendered tremendous loyalty from these physicians. Um, I think the other thing about the lawsuit is uh, anytime you get sued, uh, uh, you also learn a lot about your competitor. Uh, you know, there's this whole discovery process, and then you go to trial and all this evidence presented and so forth. And, and so you learn about your competitor. And, and we uh, had guessed uh, before this that, uh, you know, we were probably um, a, a fair amount ahead in terms of our transformation and preparing for accountable care. Uh, and I think what uh, going through this trial process is, it, it pretty much confirms for us that we're, we're significantly uh, ahead of where they are. And then the last thing I would say is that, uh, you know, litigation like this is very distracting for both parties. But what happened in this is that, uh, we continue to keep our focus on our core business and on our patients uh, through this. Sure, sure, Doctor. 
Um, would you like to comment anything about uh, accountable care at all? Or Sure. Um, you know, I think that, uh, uh, you know, whatever uh, health systems uh, and hospitals out there uh, are pursuing, uh, you know, we, we have to be preparing for a day when there is going to be pay-for-value of some sort. Uh, and different markets will advance at different rates. Um, and so exactly when you need to be ready, I can't tell you for your particular market. I know in our own uh, market, uh, we are going with the assumption that by the, uh, by, by the beginning of 2016, so less than two years, we have to be prepared to go at risk uh, for uh, the patients we're going to be serving. Uh, that means that you have to take a lot of steps to be ready. Uh, now, for us, uh, what we decided is, first of all, uh, and I mentioned earlier that more than half of our business now is shifted to the outpatient ambulatory side, but quality is still nationally pretty much measured on the inpatient side. And so what I told our team is, I want to get into the Medicare Shared Savings Program because there are 33 metrics of outpatient quality that are mostly new to us. And I said, I want to get in and learn how to measure those and put the systems in place to measure those quality measures. And so we jumped into the Medicare Shared Savings Program in January of 2013. We are awaiting our first year financial results, but our quality results were exceptional. And I'm just very, very pleased and proud about that. Uh, but I would say to other uh, hospitals and health systems, figure out how you're going to measure quality on the outpatient side. It's much different than what we're used to. Second, uh, you're going to need more data and that's meaningful and actionable and to guide your decisions. So you're going to need some kind of investment in data analytics. Uh, we have partnered with a local company here and developed some uh, really, really uh, game-changing analytics that are particularly designed with the physician uh, end user in mind so that it's uh, accessible from their desktop and they don't need a data analyst. They've got all the information right there to guide uh, performance and uh, that's really paying off for us. So that would be a second thing I would uh, uh, recommend to the audience. Uh, the third thing is you've got to figure out how you're going to align incentives and, and that's throughout your uh, organization. Uh, you know, uh, first of all, even though uh, so many healthcare system uh, CEOs indicate that a priority for them is to move their organizations uh, to accountable care and, and to be uh, ready for this pay-for-value environment, if you look at their incentive pay, uh, it's structured around fee-for-service objectives. It's, it's volume-related and profitability-related, and, and that's going to create conflict for those leaders to do the right thing versus how they're being paid. 
I was very fortunate that the board here at St. Luke's uh, had the insight uh, not to uh, structure any kind of incentive bonus program uh, because the board said, we want you to do the right thing uh, for the organization long term and we don't want you to be influenced by short term uh, goals. So I have the freedom to do a lot of this experimentation and piloting and trying to do new care models that frankly aren't financially supported in a fee-for-service uh, world. Um, and so you've got to align those incentives, but it has to be all the way through the organization. Uh, you've got to, most of us have our physicians uh, being reimbursed based on worked RVUs. Uh, you've got to uh, change that. If, if it's going to be totally production-based uh, compensation, the physicians are not going to move to the kinds of activities that you need them to do. So we're in the process of restructuring our physician compensation. Uh, most For most of our physicians, 30% of their compensation will be at risk uh, and it's going to be tied to metrics that will help drive accountable care. And then uh, I guess the uh, fourth thing I would say is you've got to be willing to uh, try new things. You've got to be willing to experiment and pilot uh, new care models, uh, ways to try to uh, improve uh, health, uh, improve the care, and lower costs. And you have to be prepared that some of the things you're going to try aren't going to work or aren't going to work as well as you thought. But, uh, you know, it's kind of fail fast. Uh, go ahead and try. And when it's not working, abandon it. What is working, uh, then adopt it on a bro broader scale. And I think those are some pieces of advice I'd give to your listeners. Oh, perfect. Thank you. I'm with Dr. David Pate, St. Luke's Health Systems President and CEO. And thank you very much. Thank you for listening.